for it. You want the nugget? Today's nugget. Your, your, get it out. <laughs> your life right now is a, is a result of who you have trusted. That's right. Your life right now is a result of who you have trusted. That's heavy. So if you think you need to be further along, you may want to change your ideal. I'd like to talk a little bit on this one, okay? Since you are, who have you trusted? You trusted the doctor? Have you trusted your checking account? Have you, you, you understand what I'm saying? Whose words are more powerful in your life than God's? And you might want to check that out. You know, you might go to the doctor and he says, you have blah, blah, blah. Do you receive it? Maybe you have the symptom of it, but are you going to receive it? Or are you going to say, no, I'm going to stand against it? I'll tell you, it's harder to stand sometimes than, than just not give into it. Amen. So your life right now is a result of who you have trusted. And hope deferred is what we're teaching on. So let's turn to Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. And you have something you want to share more on that? Yep. Not only who you trust, but uh, she mentioned different areas. You got friends. You have your job, your employment. They may say one thing. You need to start trusting God. Don't get lassoed into what the world says. God says, I'm able. Only believe. Nothing is impossible with God. Amen. Okay, in Hebrews chapter... I want to go to Psalms 1-1 first, okay? Pardon me? Psalms 1-1. I'll just read it. Psalms and 1-1. She's going to Psalms 1. Blessed is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, follows their advice, their plans and purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. Who do you have lunch with at work? Think of this, okay? But his delight and desire is, are in the law of the Lord, and in his law, the precepts and instructions the teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and night. And he shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf shall not fade or wither, and everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. It goes along with what he said. Your life right now is a result of you, who you have trusted. You know, there's a commercial on TV, and I just happened to one day see it, and it talks about this woman that says that she met a, a French guy on the Internet, and he comes up, and he, how many have seen that? And um, he comes up, and this guy's looking at her and waiting, and she said, this is him, He's, and he goes, bonjour. And 
you know, some people believe anything in this hour. It's amazing to me. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. I don't watch commercials, but that one I thought, oh, no. Okay, you want to read this? You want me to? It's the French in her. It is the French. That's, that's fine. I'm proud. I'm French. They can be mean. <laughs> Off with your head, yes. <laughs> okay, back, back to the book of Hebrews. Going to chapter 12, we will look at verses 1 and 2 and 3. King James. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with a so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endures such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your minds. We can't faint in our minds. We can't be weary in, in things. Can I share a little example here? Real quick? All right. After you get Real done quick. with what you're going to say, go ahead and finish what you're going to say. Okay. So in order, in order to not get weary, we have to prepare ourselves for victory. That means you have to remain focused and determined to stay on course. What the Word, word, of, word of God tells us to do, we've got to do it. We can't sidestep it or, uh, well, compromise on it anymore. We have to stay with it. Okay. Uh, recently I um, received a, uh, a call or I was talking to a minister that was having problems with some of the men in their church that were having problems with pornography and couldn't understand it. And I want to use, this is what I'm going to bring up in this area so we can have an understanding here, whether it's lust, pornography. You know, women deal with lust problems, can also, okay? And that's why it's a good point to look from here up and you're pretty safe because from here up, you know, whatever. So let's look at this and see what he's saying. He's saying, uh, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and the sin which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us. Okay, say I was a person that I had a problem with internet lust or with lust. How would I deal with this? Number one, I'd get off the internet. I'd, I, you understand what I, I mean? There would be, have to be, I, I'm going to take you into a counseling session, okay? There would be things that would have to stop. Say, um, you have a face page and you are a married man and you have women on that face page that you once knew years ago and maybe were interested in them. You'd have to cut that completely out of your life. So your thought life would be brought under control to the Word of God. So. My theory is get rid of everything and anything that distracts you. 
get it out, move it out, move it out of your life. You, and, and once you do, I know Ed Cole talked about when he had, and I've shared this before, preached so many times, there were so many men that were dealing with pornography and would come in the line, so he went to his room, turned on his computer and got on a site. He said, I could not get rid of that thought. He said it, it, it tormented him. He said it was horrible, it was horrible torment. And he did everything he could and the only thing that finally broke it was taking communion. We overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the Word in our testimony. And it's that blood that will set people free. So I use that as, as a sin or a weight that can entangle. But there are many things, and it says to, to totally, it says, the sin which does so easily beset us or hem us in, let us run with patience. It says we need to throw it off, throw it aside, get rid of it, however you have to get rid of it. Whatever it is that's hemming you in, you've got to get it out. Nobody can do it for you. Your wife can't do it. Your husband can't do it. No one can do it for you. And so it could be a little thing. If, but if you know it's harmful to you, get rid of it. And it says looking away that from all that will distract to Jesus, looking away to the Word. Constantly because the Bible says God will always make a way of escape, and it's always through the word. Amen? Okay, baby. Okay. Easily besets. That means there's little effort. You trip on it. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, you see it, then you're, then you're right in the donut factory. I mean. Oh, no. It's, it's that easy. But for some people, you can't, you just can't go by those places. You, you just make that quick turn and you're there and so you block out all the, in the phone book, all the donut factories, places that are donut shops. So you don't go there. Same thing with, with whatever you, you have that so easily besets you. Something that you have an urge for, you've got to cut out. It can be gossip. That's wrong. It can be backbiting. It can be anything. Okay, examples of those who allowed weariness into their lives. We're going to talk on weariness a little bit here. Genesis 27. Okay, Genesis chapter 27. And the Bible says... You have read this far, have you? To not become weary in well-doing. So you, you, we can become weary in well-doing. Go for it. Okay. Genesis chapter 27, looking at the last verse. That's chapter 27 of Genesis. Looking at the last verse, it says... And Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life <laughs> because of the daughters of Heath. If Jacob takes a wife of the daughters of Heath, such as these, which are of the daughters of the land, what good shall my life do me? Wow. 
you know, I've always looked at their marriage, Rebecca and Jacob. I don't think they had that great of a marriage, quite frankly. She was deceptive. Um, favored her son over her husband. There were a lot of things that went on in that marriage that, well, that, that weren't great. And she saw one son go off in that route way and she didn't want to, but look at, look at how extreme she goes with it. Read it over again, Screedy. Rebecca said to Isaac, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heath. Wow, your neighbor. I wear my neighbors because of the kids that they have. Don't get weary. This is what, it, this is what weary means, because some of you might want to know this. It means to be tired and worn out. You might be weary in your job. Tired and worn out. Two, without further liking. Without further liking, patience, tolerance, or zeal. Bored with. Need me to read it again? Here comes the next one. Three, tiring as weary work. It's just weary. Four, irksome tedious and tiresome. The synonym is tired. So tired and tired, worn out to without further liking, patience, tolerance, or zeal, etc. Bored with. Three, tiring as weary work. Four, irksome, tedious, and tiresome. Wow, many people are in, this, are in this state in this hour. You'll hear them say, I've had enough of this. Can't take it anymore. Okay? When's, gonna, when's God going to move in this? I don't see anything happening. Ecclesiastes 4.1. You know, when you get into Ecclesiastes, you know you're going to get something. Because this is around the time they think that um, King Saul was, or, or not Saul, Solomon was starting to give in to this, the girlies and stuff, you know. <laughs> starting to get into women that served or already was in it. You got there? What page do you have? 862. Go for it. Ecclesiastics, chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. So return and consider all the oppressions that are done under the sun. And behold, the tears of such as were oppressed, and they had no comforter. And on the side of their oppressions, there was no power. Pardon me, the oppressors, there was power but they had no comfort. Therefore, I praise the dead, which are already dead, more than the living, which are yet alive. 
a pretty bad state, isn't it? Wow. <laughs> when you get oppressed, your thoughts and beliefs of many people lead them into hopelessness. You got to get around somebody that's positive. Going back, to, we looked at David in uh, second, first Samuel, where all the those that were in debt, distress, and discouraged came to David. You know, I like what it says in my Bible here. Can I read this? Any what it says about ecclesiastics at the bottom, it says here, it's just interesting. It gives a startling picture of how fatal it is for even the wisest of men to substitute man's wisdom for God's wisdom and to attempt to live by it. Solomon's reign began with God, gold, and glory. It ended with bafflement, brass, and bewilderment acceptance of man's having no preeminence over a beast, man who was made in the image of the likeness of God. This, he just, you see where he just starts losing it. And he speaks it out of his mouth. People have asked, do you think he went to heaven? I don't. Some might. I'm not his judge. But he completely turned off, turned away from God. After how, how many concubine, concubines did the guy have? 900. 300 wives or something and 900 concubines. How many women do you need? <laughs> how many women would you want? <laughs> Don't you say anything, man. Ecclesiastics. 2, 17 and 18. Go back to chapter 2 of Ecclesiastics. Verses 17 and 18. Therefore, I, mean, I hated life because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me. For all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Yea, I hated all my labor which I had taken under the sun, because I should have leave it unto the man that shall be after me. Everybody says, hey, I earned all this stuff. When I pass away, it's going to go to somebody else. That's rats. I should be able to take it with me, right? Negative thoughts breed negative outcomes. Look at just to look at the two, couple of verses we looked at in Ecclesiastic. Ne negative thoughts breed negative outcomes. We have to learn to cast them down. And what is that scripture that you cast them down with? Is together. Second Corinthians chapter. Everybody. Verse. Good. I want to go down in this. Listen to this one. It goes to um, 22. 22. Same, uh, same so, chapter. Right? For what has man left from his labor and from the striving and vexation of his heart in which he has toiled under the sun? 
For all his days are but pain and sorrow, and his work is a vexation and grief. His mind takes no rest, even at night. This is also vanity, emptiness, falsity, and futility. I'm telling you folks, people, Christians in this day and hour are in this state. This is a hideous state to be in. Thank God I've never been here and I don't plan on being here. I pray if I ever got in this state that someone would grab me and slap me around or something, do whatever they had to. But listen, this is the wisest man in the world. Up to that time. Up to that time. If this can happen to him, then by golly, we better guard ourselves now. Amen? So why did it happen to him? He drifted from God's word and got involved with... I hate to say it. His wives that were not Christian that led him into different... You find out pretty soon he started sacrificing to the gods of his wives. He didn't change his wives over. He followed his wives. Stick with the word. Negative thoughts bring negative outcomes. Learn to cast them down. Negative thoughts bring negative outcomes. You need to write that down somewhere. I write things like this down in the front of my Bible. Negative thoughts bring negative outcomes. Learn to cast them down. Every time a negative thought comes to hit you, you get rid of it. You take it and cast it down. Amen. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, we already know that one. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought, every thought, every thought to the obedience of Christ. I'm going to tell you, if you think you had to do this a year ago, you really need to do it now. Amen. Okay, we're going to get, a, we're going to get on hope. <laughs> we need to get where... Hope experience builds character and character breeds hope. Hallelujah. So learn from Solomon. You wonder how the wisest man at that time could have, you know, you look at this and you go, how, what happened to this guy? Seriously, I mean, we need to learn from people's mistakes. Amen. Okay, Romans 4.18, the Amplified. That's Romans 4.18 and reading from the Amplified. <laughs> I'm, while you're turning, I remember when I was first born again and I just read from Genesis through. And I didn't, I didn't never read the Bible. I didn't, I had never been taught about God or anything really, and I'm reading through and I get to Ecclesiastic and I'm thinking, what is wrong with this person? Seriously, you know, everything's really good and then you get, you're like, well, what's with this guy, you know? Okay, let's go here. Experience builds character and character breeds hope. 418, Amplified. For Abraham, human reason for hope being gone, hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations as he had been promised. So numberless shall your descendants be. Go ahead down. He did not weaken in faith. 
when he considered the utter impotence of his own body, which was good as dead because he was about 100 years old, when he considered the bareness of uh, Sarah's deadness womb. Martin Mark. No unbelief nor distrust made him wave, waver, doubting questions concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. One more. Fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do that what she had promised. You notice if you go up to 19, it said he did not weaken in faith when he considered, okay? It says, um, he considered it, but he didn't weaken in faith. I mean, he'd have to be an idiot not to. I mean, he'd look at it and go, okay. It'd be like me looking at me, myself and, well, it'd be like me looking at him thinking that we're going to have a baby. You, you, I'm not even considering this, okay? Because <laughs> God had promised it. He looked at himself and he looked at Sarah, but he wouldn't even allow himself to go there. He couldn't. He couldn't. I have no desire for this. I'm just going to tell you folks right now. But he, could, he, couldn't, he, he couldn't even go there because he knew God was, God was going to perform what he said he would do. He refused to, even though he considered it. So Romans 8.24. You don't want any more children right now, do you? Spiritual children's fine. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, looking at verse 24. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? Next verse. What kind of? But if we hope for that which we see not, then do we, with patience, wait for it. You know, I like the next verse because it really goes along with it. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. We have... Um some friends right now and you can pray for them her name is Elaine Bishop they're pastors in San Leandro they're word of faith pastors she had a heart attack and ended up in a coma and last Thursday was seven days in the coma and this is where he's at he is he's got his hope out there he's got his faith out there he's doing everything he can but also it says, likewise, the spirit helpeth our infirmities. That is your mind, your mind frailties and your body frailties. In other words, the frailties that you might know that you have, the spirit also helpeth. 
your infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, for the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. In other words, he didn't know exactly, you know, they can't say exactly what's wrong with her, but the Spirit knows. And this is why I cannot, I cannot live without praying in the Holy Ghost. If you don't pray in the Holy Ghost, I'm, I'm just challenging you today. You need to desire that. And you need to pray in the Spirit because every part of your day and every bit of your body and everything that goes on, the Spirit knows. He knows what's ahead of us. He knows what's behind us that has, is trying to come and harass us. He knows, and that's why we need to pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Praise you, Father. Romans chapter 15. Looking at verse 4 from the Amplified. For whatsoever was thus written in the former days was written for our instruction that by our steadfast and patient endurance and encouragement drawn from the scriptures, we might hold fast and cherish hope. Amen. I like the way it's in the Amplified better. Hmm? I like it in the Amplified better. I just read it from the Amplified. Did you? Okay, then I'm looking at five. Now may the God who gives the power of patience endurance, steadfastness, and who supplies encouragement. Look at that. God gives power of patient endurance, steadfastness, and he supplies encouragement to you. Wow. Grant you to live in such mutual harmony with such full sympathy with one another in accord with Jesus Christ. Wow. God supplies encouragement. When you're discouraged, He is there to supply encouragement if we will let Him, if we will shut our mouths and shut off our minds and let God supply the encouragement. Amen? You will be bombarded with Scripture. You will have people call you and say, you know, you've been on my heart and I've been praying for you. Here's a scripture. He is there to bombard you with encouragement. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So First, we, go ahead, sweetie. So we see here that God's word furnishes us hope that can be relied upon. This hope gives a confident expectation. In fact, that's what... This word hope means a confident expectation. So when you have the hope of God, you have a confident expectation that that what you believing for or hoping for is going to come to pass. I don't know about you, but when I walk through, on my way to church, I'm believing that when I walk through these doors that everything that I need to supply me for the coming week is going to be fulfilled in the scripture and in the praise and worship and in the word that goes forth that day or that service. That is the attitude that we have to have. 
that we have a expectancy, a confident expectancy, that I am confident, that I, I am expecting, and I am confident that I'm going to receive what I need to for this week through the word of God that shall come forth. Hallelujah. That's, that is how we need to treat. That's what church is for. That's what the, they say the five-fold ministry, but really it's the four-fold ministry because if you notice it says pastor and teacher. Every pastor needs to be a teacher also. Okay. You can, you can agree with me, disagree with me. I've heard it been taught. Brother Hagen taught it was pastor and teacher. Praise God. So study it out, whatever. Some say five, some say it doesn't matter, whatever. It's all there to edify the saints. 1 Peter 3.15. Hope you're getting something from this today. First Peter chapter three, verse fifteen. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Whoa. Some people right now are, are that's what the Lord is showing me. Some people right now are in a place on their job that God wants to use them with, with witty ideas to praise you, Father. He wants to use you to walk in there with the, with the word that is going to straighten the circumstance and the situation out. He's going, to you, he's going to position you. There's more than one person there. He's going to position you in that place. And favor, divine favor will come from that. Because God is going to give you the information and the ideas and the knowledge and the wisdom that it's going to take to see this thing through. He's going to give it to you. You might think that you're just one person there. You've been placed there and put there for a reason in this hour. And so you need to be prepared to fulfill that purpose and that plan that he has put you there for. But also note with that purpose and plan, ask the Lord when it's ready to be presented. That's right. Because um, oftentimes we get ahead of, ahead of God and it's struck down. So you need to get God. If, once you get that, that vision goal set then ask God when, when you need to present it because it's when he tells you it, it's ready, you're ready to present it that person will be ready to receive it 
it's, it's for some of you, it'll be more than one person. Well, this, is this, this is what I'm actually seeing is that it is it is in some in some situations it could be life or death. In some situations, it could mean um, thousands of millions of dollars saved mm -hmm. or be brought in. I don't know if you're seeing the same thing I am, but it's it's very it's you will be used very powerfully in this in this place but you've got to start building yourself up right now and some of you are wondering well is that me yeah it is okay even though it doesn't even though right now it might not look possible run with the vision that's right delight yourself in the lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart okay um we did first peter right Mm -hmm. um, First John three three. Well, going back just to back to First Peter three fifteen, the hope that's within you is the word of God alive, and working and abiding in you. It's the word of God alive in you. If it's not alive, if you're not medita not meditating upon that word, it's not alive in you. It's dormant. In order, in order for the word to be alive in you, you have to meditate upon it. Mm. Or it's just like the word, the word of God says, the letter killeth. The spirit gives life. You can have that word, but if it's not alive, it's, it's, it's dormant. You've got to have it alive. The word's going to give life. One thing... Else, he said that you are going to have to learn how to practice the presence of God to hear his voice. So you're going to have to learn how to settle yourself down and practice being in the presence of God. Praise God. That's, that's pretty simple, easy to do. The way I do it, I, I um, kick back and start praying in tongues. Sometimes I'll just go and drive somewhere and park the car and just, because um, I want to get away from all phones, whatever, and I'll just, I'll just kick back and start praying in tongues. Hallelujah. Okay, next scripture. First, First John, John, chapter 3. Get your Bible and start looking them up. 3, 3. First John, chapter 3, and looking at verse 3. For every man that hath this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. Every man that has this hope. What's the hope? The scriptures. The word of God is a purifying hope. The scriptures are purifying hope in you. You need to run with that. The word of God is purifying you. Bringing life. Life more abundantly as we meditate upon it. We know that the word of God is a seed. Each scripture you can say is a seed. Every thought is a seed. But if you don't meditate upon it, water it, it never grows.
And what good is a seed when you're hungry? You need to plant it where it becomes <laughs> what it needs to be. Pastor always saves these avocado seeds. I find them up on my sink and I'm like, what are we saving these avocado seeds for? He's not going to plant a tree and I'm not going to eat it. The avocado seed, <laughs> it's hilarious because I find them up there on the thing and, and so that's a great seed, but like he just said, unplanted, what good is it? So I pick them all up and throw them in the garbage. <laughs> so there's a <laughs> orchard someplace out there. <laughs> At the dump. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. Oh, glory. They tried to chop down my maple tree and it's back to life. Hallelujah. Hope for eternity. Proverbs 14:32. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Jesus. I bought this beautiful um, wisteria. I thought it was a bush or a, you know, vine. It's a 30-foot tree. And um, I don't think it's going to be planted, so I'm probably going to be giving it to somebody. Proverbs 14, 32. Hallelujah. The wicked is driven away in his wickedness. Hallelujah. But the righteous have hope in his death. Hallelujah. The righteous has hope and confidence even in death. You know, the Bible says death has no sting. Yet people are so afraid to die. Wow, to me, that's just getting out of here and getting to be with Jesus. Whichever way he wants to take me. Praise you, Father. If, he, if he's here, if he tarries another 30 years, folks, I'm going to tell you, I, I don't plan on being here in 30 years. Pastor might, but I don't. Okay? All righty. You just heard it. <laughs> there is life after death. How many know that? Thank God we have life after death. We're, I can't wait to come back on those horses. John eleven twenty five. John eleven twenty. Oh, uh, isn't there that there? Yeah. <laughs> this is I'm hope. I think of something else. Hope for mm -hmm. eternity. Thank God. You know, this is some scriptures that you need to know, because so many people are out there and they don't have any hope at all. And you need to be prepared to lead them to the Lord and then give them this scripture, these scriptures for eternity. Go ahead, sweetie. In John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Amen. Glory to God. Let's go down to hope in God. Psalms 31, 24. 
So we're going to finish this out. We're going to rush through this like they did on the early. Okay, Psalms 31. 31.24. Be strong and let your heart take courage. All you who wait for and hope and expect the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. All who wait and hope for and expect the Lord. Hallelujah. I expect the Lord to show up every time in my behalf, all the time. Really. If he's going to load us down daily with benefits, then we need to be expecting constantly the blessings to come upon us. Amen? Constantly. Psalms 33, 18. Your turn. We'll do every other one else down. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. Hallelujah. He promises you mercy. 39.7 Psalms 39 verse 7 And now the Lord and, and now Lord what wait I for? My hope is in thee. Like the Amplified Now Lord what do I wait for and expect? My hope and expectation are in you. We can't have our hope and expectations in anybody else but him. I'm going to be honest with you, because they're going, to, they're going to let you down. Man will let you down. I don't care if it's the greatest man in the, in the world outside of Jesus. They're going to let you down, but God won't. Even your maid at times might let you down. Okay, Psalms 42.11. Chapter 42, verse 11. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Hallelujah. 71.5. 5. Psalm 71 and verse 5. Thou art my hope, O, God, o Lord God. Thou art my trust from my youth. Amen. And it says, it says in the Amplified, and the source of my confidence. Hallelujah. 146.5. Psalms 146. How many read Psalms 119? Not. I mean, how many have read it recently when we were reading it? Did y'all do it? I got a lot out of that. Psalms 146. Looking at verse 5. Happy is that man that hath God of Jacob for his help whose hope is in the Lord his God. 
Okay, and the next one is Jeremiah 17, 17. Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17 and verse 7. Better underline this one. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in is the Lord. Well, this is a this is a good one too, verse 17. Be not a terror to me. You are my refuge and my hope in the day of evil. Hallelujah. Joel 3.16. And this is it. Joel chapter 3. Verse 16. The Lord shall roar out of Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem. And the heaven and earth shall shake but the Lord will be the hope of his people. Hallelujah. And the strength of the children of Israel. Wow. That will be something to watch. Hallelujah. I like what it says. Um, Verse 13, put ye, put in the sickle, for the vintage harvest is ripe. Come get it and tread the grapes, for the wine press is full and the vats overflow. Just read up to that part. <laughs> it says, multitudes and multitudes are in the valley of decision. That is the truth. Multitudes, multitudes are in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. That's in verse 14. It's time to get out and start soul winning again, church. Serious. Okay. Come alive. Let's all stand. got something out of this. It's time to rejoice. Your hope is in the Lord. Father, we're praising you and we're giving you thanks. We thank you, Lord. We have the hope of eternal salvation. I thank you, Lord, that we are your children. And Father God, I thank you, Lord, that the harvest is great. I thank you, Lord, that we are laborers ready to go into the field, Father God, and bring in a harvest. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. Bless the remainder of this day. What we put our hand to shall prosper. I thank you, Lord, that those witty ideas come to us, Father God. We'll not put them aside, but, Father God, we will develop them, Father God. And once they are developed, I thank you, Lord, that you'll give us and tell us the time to present them. We praise you for it now in Jesus' name. And everyone said...